0: week's edition for the Wise Up podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to educate the South Asian and Muslim communities about Texas and national politics. You can follow me on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Our handle is at YZEPTX, wiseup, W-I-S-E-U-P-T-X, or you can check out our website, www.wiseuptx.com. Remember everyone, Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot. All right, so today's segment is called Germany, and I recently went on a trip to Germany, and I wanted to discuss um, the history that I had learned over there, you know, with the rise of Nazism and World War II, and kind of how it parallels to current-day politics, because unfortunately, there seem to be a lot of similarities. (coughs) excuse me but first let's start with the news of the week I'm gonna start with Texas legislative news last week both chambers the Texas House and Senate unanimously passed bills that would change how the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services cares for vulnerable children which is great great news as I've mentioned before the Texas CPS has been under a heavy case workload and at least 200 kids have died under Texas care in the past two years, which is horrific. And so it's about time that our legislature um, begins working on how to fix this problem. So they've had bills go in through each side, so hopefully they will come together and um, pass a bill on both ends that will really, really try and fix this issue. Another topic that's been happening a lot within the The news, but really hasn't gotten much attention in the Texas legislature, um, are the Texas maternal deaths um, that have been occurring. And it seems that there has been a rise and that they're not really being discussed in the Texas legislature. Um, I don't think that they will be discussed this legislative session. I have a feeling that this um, problem is going to prolong and may get its attention next legislative session. Um, Today, they will begin discussing the bathroom bill. Our lieutenant governor had a press conference yesterday uh, with the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, and they are one of the states that originally passed the bathroom bill, and um, I guess discussing the nuances of the bill and the pros of it. Um, to be brutally honest, I don't understand the purpose of the bill. It's just a political ploy to make people feel uncomfortable. And my maybe personally, I don't understand where transgender people come from or how they think. But I also understand their right to, you know, freedom of expression and religion and I just feel like this bill is very discriminatory, and how are you even, when the bill is passed, how are you going to even check who is going into what bathroom, what, you know, genders they are? Are you going to ask them, you know, oh, let me see which gender you are every time someone goes to the bathroom in a public sphere? I mean, that's never going to happen, so how would you even regulate this bill is my biggest question, but, um, I really don't think that this is gonna pass in the Texas House, but I guess this is something we can wait and see how it goes um, in the Senate committee hearing tomorrow. Then there is the story of State Senator Don Huffines of Dallas, and he had a heated exchange with a bunch of students who are his constituents about the school choice. Uh, legislation. And as you all may have heard, (coughs) our lieutenant governor again is a major advocate for school choice and vouchers and is really trying to push a bill that would essentially defund public education and attempt to give people school choice. I personally am not for this bill. I think it's more imperative for us to focus in on giving more money to public education. I think when you're giving people the choice uh, for vouchers, you run into several issues, such as people not being able to find private schools that are within their vicinity or not having enough funds to cover it, even though the state will give a certain amount. Uh, furthermore, I think it will also enhance racism. Um, you will see that certain people will only want to send their children to certain schools with a certain um, ethnic ratio. So I think that's something to take into account uh, when you know you're thinking about uh, how your legislators should vote on this. And again, it's really important for you to contact your local legislators, your Texas legislators, and tell them how you feel about these types of bills. Like these are the big bills and you should really voice your concerns and your opinions on them. Anyways, that's the big news from the Texas legislature. It's starting to ramp up, and it's going to continue getting busier, so make sure to tune in for the news on that. And, of course, everything is being updated on my Facebook page, WiseUpTX, and you can definitely check it out there also on my Twitter account as well. Um, I also want to say that local elections are coming up, especially for city council. If you haven't registered to vote, you should do so ASAP, and... I believe the deadline is in April, so it's about a month, and the city council elections will be in May. Um, There are several South Asians that are starting to run for office, which is great, great and exciting news, all the way from Sugarland to Plano to Frisco and Richardson. I'm sure Radio Azad will be hosting uh, several of these interviews with these um, politicians and candidates, so hopefully you all will be tuned in to hear about that. All right, and on to our volatile national news. Uh, Yesterday, Donald Trump, our president, signed Muslim Ban 2.0. I am going to call it that because I do feel like it is still a Muslim ban. Um, While there are some differences, such as him um, taking out Iraq and, you know, the countries that are banned um, from entering the United States, I personally think he took out... um, Iraq because maybe Secretary of State Rex Tillerson who was a former CEO of Exxon probably saw some financial incentive there but who knows I am just making conjecture um, <coughs> excuse me they also took away the no religious preferences so the initial order gave priority to refugees who are members of religious minorities typically Christians and those that claimed religious persecution Um, The new order doesn't include language giving preference to religious minorities. Uh, Syrian refugees are no longer barred indefinitely. Um, Visa and green card holders will be unaffected. So the original order impacted nearly 60,000 visa holders from the seven countries. And it was kind of unclear about its impact on legal permanent residents or the so-called green card holders. So, this is the reason why there were so many uh, detentions, but they say that no visas will be revoked based solely on that order, according to the White House. And last but not least, the waiting period. So, the initial one took effect immediately, and that's why it was so chaotic. Today's version takes effect on March 16th, so in 10 days, and it doesn't impact the people from the six countries' with visa valid visas. Um, at 5 p.m. on January 27th. Um, Those who still hold valid visas and are in transit will still be permitted to enter the U.S. Um, Perhaps if you want to look at it in a more broad sense, you can think that Donald Trump is doing this for national security reasons. And while there has been no proof shown that refugees have committed any sort of violent acts in America, um, there are several Terrorists coming from different countries such as Colombia, not Colombia, but Venezuela, and actually, yeah, Colombia has some too, um, and and some in the continent of Africa, Um, but for some reason, nobody coming from those countries have been banned at all, Um, which is why it's easy to feel that this is actually a Muslim ban and not a... um, just a ban focusing on national security. Um, furthermore, with regards to, um, you know, the order continues to showcase like a bigoted and false perception of who Muslims are, you know, by requiring these governments, the six countries that are listed on there, to, you know, compile occurrences of honor killings by immigrants. Um, It gives official recognition to an inflammatory and misleading group of Islam that is perpetuated by anti-Muslim hate groups. It just seems that, given his anti-Muslim bias and bigotry that he showcased throughout the campaign, that he is continuously perpetuating uh, this image and showcasing it with this ban. Um, It'll be fascinating to see how, if this goes up to the Supreme Court or the Appeals Court, if it will be struck down. I'm pretty sure the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, is definitely going to put up a big fight. All right, more news about President Trump. Um, Well, initially, we had heard about his um, attorney general, Jeff Sessions, not being very forthcoming about his ties with Russia. And not necessarily ties, but he had not disclosed his meetings with the Russian ambassador. And if you recall that one of the reasons why Michael Flynn had to step down as national security advisor was because um, of this incident or a very similar incident. Um, It doesn't seem like Attorney General Sessions will be stepping down, um, and that's probably for two reasons. One, usually, you know, with all the hoopla that occurs, they usually step down within 24 to 48 hours. That time has definitely passed. Um, It doesn't seem like the people were in that much of an uproar. Uh, And Donald Trump also was very... Very coy in the way he decided to shift the conversation this weekend with the media, and that was by stating that President Obama had had him wiretapped uh, during the campaign, and that that was illegal. And now they'll be looking into the Obama administration and what they did. Uh, the FBI has asked the DOJ, the Department of Justice, to deny this false claim, and the DOJ has been silent so this definitely made the media focus on something else completely different and it was just i don't know it was just an uproar are we really that surprised anymore at this point this guy likes to post anything on twitter that will cause any sort of craze and essentially detect the media and the public from what uh attorney general sessions had done and in essence he really should, um, he really should have resigned. I mean, he's claiming that he will recuse himself from the Russia investigation, but I really think that he should have resigned. And last but not least, it seems that our vice president, Pence, um, also had a little email scandal of his own. Um, it seemed that he was using a private email address instead of a government address and, um, has been, caught with that information and he has now apparently turned over all of the emails um, and I'm sure that the newspapers will be investigating this to see if he's turned over every single email or if he has um, you know not given in all the information and redacted some information He was a huge proponent of making sure that Hillary Clinton, while she was running for president, um, was considered an exceptionally distrustworthy person because of the fact that she had utilized a private email server. Now granted, there's a difference between a private email address and an email server that um, Hillary Clinton had set up in her house, but I still think that the hypocrisy is still there. And last but not least, I wanted to discuss um, the news with regards to the photo that we all saw of Kellyanne Conway. And, um, you know, we all feel that when you are sitting on a couch that you do not put your feet up on the couch, although everybody is different in the comfort of their own home. It was unfortunate that there was a Republican, not a Republican, a Democrat representative from Louisiana that made a very lewd and crude remark about the way she was sitting. And, you know, if you had any sense of, you know, disgust when you saw that video of Donald Trump, the very scandalous one before the election, you should have felt just as disgusted by his comment. Um, You may not like Kellyanne or her policies and the lies that she spews, but it's never okay to make lewd remarks. And, you know, Representative Pelosi, who was the former Speaker of the House and is the leader of the Democratic Party on the House side, um, you know, I was very disappointed with her answer. She essentially stated that she had no clue about what the representative had said and, um, you know, these types of comments can be made. And, um, and then she kind of diverted the attention to, oh, well, look at what our president has done and what he has said. Now I have a couple of things to say about that. You know, you can complain about Kellyanne's actions and policies, but there's no need to make lewd sexual remarks against her. It's disgusting and it's deeply misogynistic. Um... You're allowed to find the photo with her feet on the couch as disrespectful, but you should not be upset when others found President Obama's feet on the desk in the Oval Office as disrespectful, because he did, and many Republicans were upset about it. So, you know, if you were upset that they were upset, then you can't be upset at this point, you know? In essence, don't be a hypocrite. And just because President Trump made lewd remarks doesn't make it okay for everyone else to do it. Um, The fact that Representative Pelosi deferred from making a comment against Representative Richmond and started talking about President Trump and his comments, I think, is pretty pathetic. She should have reprimanded uh, Representative Richmond for his comments, especially since she's a female herself and she's in a position of power. She should have utilized that power and last but not least when she states that you know people make all types of crude remarks at a certain political event that's lamentable at best this type of thinking excuses these lewd types of remarks against women all the time and in turn this is the same excuse trump and his followers used when that horrible video came out overall i find this to be very hypocritical from the democratic party and in essence unacceptable and the last thing with regards to national news, you know, President Trump had his first address to Congress, which in essence was the State of the Union, but they don't call it that when it's the first address. Um, people seemed to really like it. He had presented a much more optimistic vision of America than he did in his inaugural address. He called on lawmakers to overhaul health care, change the tax code, and rebuild infrastructure in the military. He still continued his tough-on-immigration stance, which we have seen yesterday with the Muslim ban again. Um, It seems that people were impressed that he followed the teleprompter and didn't go off, and he didn't make his usual facial expressions. It kind of seems that we have a low bar of expectation to expect from our president uh, when he is giving his speech. But overall, I found it to be okay that's great he stayed on course but let's see what his actions uh show us and i think they have proven from this weekend and yesterday i think they've proven otherwise and now it's time to move on to the rest of the segment with regards to germany So I've been very blessed to have traveled quite a bit, and from each country I always learned so much. And You know, in Germany I had a great time, but I felt like this vacation was a bit different compared to others because it had a much more political undertone. Germany's history is vast, but is most well known for its roles it played in the two major world wars. I couldn't help but notice that in museum after museum, so much of the history I read about is currently occurring in America. And so I wanted to discuss the parallels of what I saw in Germany with what I have been seeing in current-day politics. (coughs) So to start with, Germany has done a very incredible job to document each detail of their terrible past, especially with regards to what they did to the gypsies, the mentally and physically disabled, and the Jewish population. Um, I honestly found it pretty admirable how well they owned up to their horrific actions of their past, and of what their government did and they constantly reminded themselves of how this will never ever happen again. You see in America, you know, we skate over the dark parts of our past such as the genocide of the Native American population and slavery. I mean, we have certain days and holidays commemorating it Um, It's a topic that's discussed in school books, but for some reason, we don't have a multitude of museums across the nation in their honor and, you know, showcasing and detailing all of the horrors um, the Native Americans and African American people have suffered. So I definitely think that's something we could learn um, from the Germans. I do want to add that, you know, as soon as, you know, my husband and I came into Germany, people could tell that, um, one, that we were American from the way that we spoke, and two, that, you know, we weren't white, right, so they could tell maybe we were Middle Eastern or South Asian, and so their first question off the bat to us, I mean, I seriously felt like we got grilled so many times about, did you vote for Donald Trump, and we'd be like, no, no, we didn't, and they'd be like, oh, okay, and, you know, they would honestly think that we were, you know, sort of like normalized people, Um, (coughs) excuse me you know, they they had some scary uh, comments, you know, some of them felt that um, Donald Trump reminded them of the rise of Adolf Hitler, and someone made this, you know, ominous point about how they always thought someone would eventually stop um, Adolf Hitler with his thought process, the way he, you know, talked, and all of his ideas, and no one eventually did, and that's why things got so bad as they did, and, You know, it it seems like a premonition almost of what could happen in America. Like we see President Trump discussing, you know, all these crazy ideas such as wiretapping, um, you know, Russia interfering in our government. Um, You see these bans and it's just really scary to see. You know, some of that stuff that, you know, what if nobody in our government, you know, stops Donald Trump? Um, you know, after World War One, Germany did have a democracy. Give, granted, it was very fragile because from World War One they were still recovering. But it eventually went downhill and Hitler took over and became a dictator. So, you know, that was something that really paralleled with what we kind of see what's been going on. And it was kind of a scary thing to see. Now, Germany has done a great job in preserving, you know, a lot of the buildings from World War II, such as the Gestapo stops, um, the Nazi headquarters, the area where the Nazis and their supporters used to write in Mun- uh, reside in Munich, and of course, the famous Berlin Wall, uh, which is post-World War II and during the Cold War that the U.S. and Russia were fighting. Um, so, we begin our trip in Munich, and we were really surprised to learn that Hitler had his Um, beginnings there. Usually you hear so much um, about Berlin um, that Munich kind of gets pushed to the side and under the rug. So apparently he used to give speeches at this world famous Hofbrauhaus and in essence Munich is the birthplace of the Nazi movement. Uh, Munich for the most part seems to be unscathed in comparison to the vitriol people have towards Berlin. But Munich had the first seeds of racism and the idea of a superior race were planted there. Essentially, you know Germany paid a heavy price for their aggression from the First World War, and then the Great Depression came. So millions of Germans fell into poverty and saw many in the Jewish community continuing to prosper. So in essence, the disgruntled mood carried over into a much more dangerous and alarming emotion, which led essentially you know to the extermination of over six million Jews in Europe. Um, While well, our situation as Muslims and South Asians is not as perilous, we can see some of the same patterns forming. And you see that with, you know, the Indian guy It that was killed at a bar in Kansas. Uh, there was another sick man um, outside of Seattle that was shot, you know, told back to go to his country. You see these patterns forming. You see the mosques being burned down. Uh, you see the death threats that are happening, um, not only to the Muslim and South Asian community, but even to the Jewish community as well here in America. So a lot of these patterns that we're seeing in America are the same exact patterns that were happening in Germany during Adolf Hitler's rise. And to be very honest, um you know, it was very it was very scary, you know, when I was reading these things because I was like, okay, I I see this happening in America and you you get kind of scared cuz you know history can repeat itself. It almost often does, and that's the point of learning history is to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Um, I think we can also see this disgruntled mood um, in America as well. Um, You know we had a huge recession in 2008 and President Obama yes he was able to get many people out um, of the recession but it still hasn't gone back to the glory days of the 90s uh, during Bill Clinton's time and so I think we kind of see that pattern as well even though the economic um, anxiety isn't as you know terrible as it was back then in Germany, but you see a lot of the white people that voted for Donald Trump. they feel that their jobs have been taken and that immigrants are taking their jobs and and that's not necessarily the case. I mean a lot of jobs have have been sent overseas um, many jobs have been um you know, kind of become obsolete because of technology. Technology has played a huge role in factor, and many people were unable to acclimate, you know, who's going to go back to school and learn coding and all those types of things. Um, Furthermore, I want to, you know, kind of touch on a touchy subject. We see, you know, the South Asian community is doing pretty well financially. We're, for the most part, pretty well educated. Um, I think my generation is doing a really great job in getting involved in the community but I feel like my parents' generation hasn't, you know, done as much and I think, you know, we can really start to do a better job, a much better job to get to know our neighbors. Um, You know, people have this fear of people who they don't know or what they don't know. And I know I've made this point several times and I'm going to make it again. It's very important to get to know your neighbors because what essentially happened in Germany is, you know, um, it seems that the Jewish community, you know, flourished so well that people began to have a fear of them and maybe there was a lack of communication and many Germans ended up turning over their Jewish neighbors and perhaps maybe because I don't know that full history but perhaps maybe if their neighbors got to know them and they developed a strength and a friendship and a bond uh, there would have been the possibility that those types of situations would never have occurred. But, of course, that's conjecture, but I still think that this is something we could truly focus in on. I also wanted to add that I know that many in the Desi community, uh, you know, we obviously want to prosper, and there are ways to evade, you know, perhaps from paying taxes or attaining chip or Medicare, um, but at the same time having a very fancy lifestyle. And I want to say that when you have um, Americans, you know, they notice those things whether you're at the doctor's office or at the pharmacy, um, that doesn't reflect well on our community. And so also remember that you as a South Asian or as a Muslim or a Hindu or a Sikh, you also represent your community and your people. And so Sometimes when you are, you know, some people are trying to cheat the system, uh, this reflects badly on the entire community. And this is why a lot of people, um, may, you know, have some anger or be upset towards a certain type of community because they feel that there are those that are taking advantage of resources. Now, while, you know, this isn't the vast majority of people, um, it's a very, very small group of people that, you know, do these types of things, they still reflect badly on the community. So if you know of anyone doing this, you know, it might be nice for you to reach out to them and tell them that, hey, this doesn't always look good, one, it's unfair, and two, you know, people will think that our entire community does this and it doesn't reflect good and we're already under so much strain as it is. So it's just something to think about. Another parallel I saw, you know, was kind of the exclusion. So we see in Germany, they started excluding the Jewish community (coughs) from being able to do certain things. Uh, That's also including the gypsies and, you know, the mentally and physically disabled people. And, um, you know, it was really kind of scary as to what they were forbidden from doing, um, I wanted to share a couple of examples of what I saw in the museum. Um, They were forbidden from um, attending theaters, uh, from attending German schools. They were forbidden from running retail mail-order catalog shops. Uh, They were required to hand in their driver's licenses and vehicle registrations. Uh, They were forbidden from seeking legal representation. they were forbidden from working as chemists and pharmacies from selling in public markets they had clothing ration vouchers issued to them uh, they were essentially taken away they would have to pay hard cash into special accounts at foreign exchange banks they were forbidden from uh, possessing radios and that's just a small list and the list goes on and on and on and while we see the muslim ban affecting immigrants from those countries Who's to say that this doesn't roll over into affecting, you know, people who have legally immigrated here and have green cards and are U.S. citizens, but they could still be detrimentally affected. Who knows if his policies don't, um, you know, become more drastic and alarming. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just a, you know, a fear that people have. And while it sounds, you know, so far away and so crazy and outlandish, I think that it's something that we should keep in the back of our minds because at the end of the day, we didn't think he was going to win. We didn't think that racism was still so prevalent in America, and we were proven wrong. And while not everybody who voted for him was racist, many of his supporters are still very happy with uh, many of his policies. So, you know, I think we should be vigilant and we should be on the lookout and we should continuously, um, you know, be standing up for our rights and, you know, making sure we have contacts with the ACLU and, you know, continuously reading the media and making sure that we know what um, has been going on, what our politicians are doing. And remember, like, this isn't just have to be national. Like This is something that you focus on locally as well. Like As I mentioned before, you have these city council meetings. Uh, you should always make sure that inclusivity and diversity is a big part of their campaign. Uh, this also goes forward in the Texas legislature, the state legislatures. This is something that uh, you need to make sure follows through from local levels all the way to the national level as well. Now that, you know, I've given y'all something to think about, about the past history and, and, you know, paralleling with current day politics, I wanted to end on two quotes um, that I saw in a couple of the museums in Berlin, and in essence, I feel like you could very much parallel them to current day politics. You would just have to replace Jewish with Muslim and the same policies and ideas would apply. So the first one was, how did National Socialism, which in retrospect was such an obviously deceitful, um, megalomanical and criminal undertaking, succeed in attaining such a high degree of acceptance in Germany? Hitler, the Nazi party, a majority of ministers, state secretaries, and advisors acted as classic populists, attuning to shifting moods. They bought public approval, or at least indifference, anew every day. By giving and taking away, they built a dictatorship of consent with consistent majority appeal. And this is by Gott Ali, a historian. So you can see from this quote, some of it kind of parallels to what President Trump has been doing about how he's been buying public approval or some new indifference, and he's been really doing this through Twitter and the way the media has been reporting on it and sensationalizing it. This is why it's very important for us as a community to stay vigilant and to ensure that our focus is on other topics such as Jeff Sessions and his Russia ties and what else the Trump campaign has um, done with Uh, or in conjunction with Russia. The next quote is also from historian Ulrich Herbert, and he stated that presumably the regime's Jewish policy was not popular among the population, but that neither was it a subject of primary concern. There was, after all, much that disposed people to excuse Hitler and his crowd, their mistakes or excesses in other areas. Given the constant stream of great political events, and the improvement of the social and economic lot of most Germans, the regime's policy towards the Jews seemed an aspect that was marginal and of little importance in the face of the Nazi successes. More than anything else, this indifference and readiness to accept the persecution of the Jews and to ignore it as unimportant characterized the attitude of the normal Germans toward the Jews in those years." That quote I find just to be very compelling And it's because I feel that, you know, until recently, the non-Muslim population didn't, you know, many people didn't care, right? Like, the way the media portrayed many Muslims, like, they didn't care. They didn't care that the media portrayed or didn't show the differentiation between Hindus, Sikhs, and Muslims, uh, just lump sum characterized us all as one, and, you know, We've also seen how many of Donald Trump supporters um, excuse his mistakes as well. And so just the combination of those two that how much people cared or barely cared along with, um, you know, making the excuses, it really compelled me to feel like, oh, my gosh, like, this could potentially happen again and while I remain hopeful that this really won't it won't go nowhere near as extreme and I feel that way because of all the people and the protests that have been showing up um, the people that have been donating to the ACLU um, the messages you feel and receive and you see on social media from um, you know people stating that they'll never allow it to happen again especially from the Jewish community who have suffered so much in Europe and, you know, many of them have been so outspoken to ensure that this never happens again in America and ever ever occur in America. And um, furthermore, we are fortunate that there have actually been several politicians that have actually been speaking out um, against a lot of what Donald Trump has been saying and the rhetoric. Now the difference becomes if they actually act upon it, upon the words that they're saying, and act upon, you know, fighting against Donald Trump and many of his policies, and I think that many of them will. So I think we still have a lot of hope, and, you know, the media has been trying to turn the tables to ensure that they are very vigilant and very much after Donald Trump to get all of the information out there. Um, Of course, it'll take time to see, uh, you know, how much further President Trump plans to go, but I really and truly believe that uh, we will not get ever to that place. But I think it's very very important for us to know the history and to realize, you know, the signs of of you know, a very horrific episode in the world's history and to ensure that it never happens again and to make sure that we continuously stay vigilant to ensure that our voices continue to be heard that we do the best that we can to um Make sure that our neighbors, our politicians um, understand us and get to know what our values are. So I hope you will, um, will t- kind of take this mini history lesson into consideration going forward and apply it to the politics uh, that we are currently seeing today. Alright folks, um, that's the segment for today. Um, My blog post will be up later today um, on WiseUpTX.com, so make sure you check out my website. It will be titled under Germany. Uh, If you go on there, I definitely have a lot of uh, pictures with captions um, about my trip, and you can kind of see the history um, of a lot of what I've discussed in pictures, so if you want to check that out, make sure you do so. And don't forget to follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The handle is at WiseUp. The website's www.wiseptx.com. Remember, everyone, get educated, get wiser, start giving a hoot. Until next time.